Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you are considering a divorce, it is important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. We will also talk with divorce clients about what went right and what went wrong in their divorce. Divorce with Respect Week is October 30th through November 5th in California. You can talk one-on-one with divorce professionals, including divorce counselors or coaches, divorce financial specialists, and divorce attorneys. There's no charge for this opportunity. Go to divorcewithrespectweek.com to get more information and schedule an appointment with a divorce professional or click on the link in the show notes. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we are talking with Charles Spiegel, a San Francisco and Bay Area family law attorney. He is active in the collaborative movement in the Bay Area. Now here's our host, Tim Crouch, with today's podcast. We're talking today with Charles Spiegel. Charles is a Bay Area family law attorney, uh, and he was one of the original authors of the highly successful divorce options program that's available throughout California. Charles, thanks for joining us today. Sure. Glad to be a part of this. So let's let's start by talking a little bit about divorce options. This is a program that's been very near and dear to your heart. Uh, uh, why has it been so important to you? Uh, divorce options is an incredible educational uh, resource that we've been making better and better over the past 10 years or more. Uh, and I've enjoyed being part of continuing to hone the process of explaining consensual and collaborative divorce to people who you know are facing you know, an earthquake or a tornado or whatever, whatever you want to describe the analogy in their lives and need to get educated at a time when it might be the hardest to be open to education. Uh, And so Divorce Options has been this evolving program that we think has gotten better and better and more inclusive over time uh, and clearer and more helpful to people. I guess one of the things uh, about that is a lot of people don't think they have any option. There's just sort of one way you get a divorce, but that's that's the farthest thing from the truth, isn't it? Yeah. And that's that's what, uh, you know, if, if I have missionary zeal, it's to explain to people that exact thing, which is at the beginning of your divorce, you have a choice that very few people tell you about and very few people tell you intelligently about, which is the process options that are available. Uh, and then the second part of that, the second challenge of that, after you know that there are options available, is that some of those options require you, you know, and your soon-to-be ex-spouse to agree to go a different route. Because if you don't agree to go a different route, then you are stuck in the more standard divorce, you know, that's been going on for 100 years. And for people who are really uh, experienced with collaborative and with mediation, uh, there's a there's a general consensus that's a far better way to divorce than ending up in the courtroom, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, there are times when you need to end up in the courtroom, and I'm very honest about that with people. Um, you know, if you have if you have a spouse who's not complying with the either the financial obligations, you know, and can't be persuaded in any other way to comply with the financial obligations, or if they're not complying with the obligations that you may have as parents together to your children. Uh, But I I think the thing before you get into court is to really make sure you've, you know, explored anything that's reasonable to stay out of court. Um, 
you know, and, and that's the hard thing is to one of the hard challenges to get people to say, you know, it's not just lip service. I, you know, I told her to comply with the financial obligations and she didn't, it's like really trying to figure out why that's not happening before, you know, you go into a court-based process. So one of the things about you, you've been through a divorce. Um, how did how did your divorce experience inform you and in the work that you do? Well, I, I must be one of these people who, uh, when I live through something and learn something about it, I uh, kind of want to help other people with it. And so uh, 10 years before our divorce, we adopted a child and I became a real advocate for adoptions, particularly for same gender couples. And then... Uh, we ended up in a divorce scenario, and I went through that uh, with a then eight-year-old daughter and uh, came out of that with a feeling like there are some intelligent ways to manage all the things going on in a divorce, and there are some less intelligent ways, and that in the end, what really matters is that the kids come out okay, you know, because they're the ones who don't have a voice at the table. Uh, and, and the best way to give them a voice is to encourage the parents to think with their biggest, you know, and most open and most intelligent brains. And the parents become the voice of the kids who aren't in the room. And that's and I really felt like, uh, the, you know, there's a there's a lifetime of change that's ahead for these kids, depending on how you manage your divorce. And so I want people to particularly when they have children to manage it better. So you've been very involved in the LGBT community and uh, and and in divorce within that community. Uh, how is how is an LGBTQ divorce different from uh, perhaps a more traditional marriage or is it different? Yeah, I uh, find that to be one of the uh, questions that's you know asked most often. Is it the same or is it different? And the answer is yes to both. There are aspects to which it's the same, uh, you know, legal standards, at least according to the written law, are intended to be the same after the Supreme Court's marriage equality decisions. Um, you know, whether they are then applied uh, similarly, you know, by courts looking at a same gender couple versus a, a straight couple you know, that's a question that, so there you go. There's the first reason that a same gender couple may want to do a collaborative or consensual divorce is so that they're not in front of a judge who may not have experience with a same gender couple. And, you know, a simple example would be a judge who sees two men and needs to preside over their divorce, but views men as financially independent people, regardless of what the history is in that relationship and has, you know, whatever feelings a judge may have about men not taking care of themselves financially. So in a scenario like that, if the couple can work collaboratively, they may well end up with a better solution. And then they present it to the court or to the, even California, just to the court clerk, you know, you really judge you're never in a courtroom. The judge reads it in their chambers and, you know, nine times out of 10, they just approve it. So it, managing your own managing your own solutions means that you have more intelligent people managing it than you may have with a judge. And I guess that is one of the great things about the collaborative divorce process is it does 
give you control over what your divorce settlement is going to look like. Yep, absolutely. I mean, other things that that are different for same gender couples. I mean, one of the biggest ones is, you know, when when do you want to consider the start time of your marriage? Because you may have be have been in a committed relationship that was everything but a marriage license when marriage licenses weren't available in whatever jurisdiction, state, or country you were in at the time. So, you know, the black letter of the law and uh, you know, I can only talk about California and uh, there are a hundred different scenarios, but, you know, it's either going to look at the start of your registered domestic partnership or the start of your marriage date. But for many people, there may be a date earlier that they might agree to, you know, if marriage had been equally available for same gender couples, we really would have done it long before that. And we want to honor that, you know, at the time we are taking apart this sacred relationship, we want to honor you know, our be- what our best intentions would have been at the time. So considering whether there's a start time, that's another thing that's different for same gender couples. Uh, just the basic issue of what other uh, legal statuses might you have, like a registered domestic partnership? And is it a state level? Is it a local level? You know, did you go to Vermont when same gender marriage became civil unions in Vermont, which was the first in Massachusetts? Did you go there? And so you have statuses that you actually need to terminate in different states, uh, which no no straight couple has because if they have a marriage, their action in California terminates it regardless of where they got married. So for same gender couple, you need to say, okay, what else might be out there besides this marriage? So um, one of the things that's coming up is Divorce with Respect Week uh, in California. Um, What does it mean to divorce with respect in your mind? That's a great question, uh, Tim. It's it's really, uh, you know, what I tell people is that to divorce with respect, you need to cooperate with the person who you are most challenged to cooperate with at the moment, which is your spouse, soon to be your ex-spouse. And so to me, you know, divorce with respect means summoning your higher powers, whatever you think those are, to be your better, you know, to be your best self in the situation. You don't have to be perfect, but to the extent possible to say, you know, most of us who are going, who were married and go through divorces, we didn't spend 20 years of our lives with a complete and utterly worthless human being. We spent time with somebody, you know, in a relationship that didn't work out as a permanent relationship for whatever reasons. And if you can make that switch to not demonizing the person who's either leaving you or you've decided to leave, or you've jointly decided to leave, if you can make that switch to not demonizing them, that's really the beginning of a respectful divorce is like, you know, we're two adults. We have good sides. We have bad sides. You know, our sides aren't working well together. And this is not a failed marriage. It's a marriage that is not going to last forever. But it's not a failed marriage. It's a transition point. So if you can begin, you know, getting to those places and, you know, in a collaborative practice divorce, collaborative divorce, you have the opportunity to have a mental health professional or a divorce coach who has experience with people in that exact same situation and can try to help you, you know, see beyond 
the, the four corners that you're facing right now that sometimes can feel like a room without any doors in it uh, or only one door and it's a bad door. Uh, so the real thing is to, to try to open yourselves up, open yourself up to hearing and being educated on some different approaches to this thing. Do, do you think that the other benefit of divorcing with respect is that uh, you're, you're healthier after the divorce than if you went through a litigated process? Um, well, again, you know, I, you know, there are times when a litigated process is necessary and I don't want to understate that. And, you know, again, if you have a person who's being completely irresponsible, ir- unreasonable and unwilling to change their behavior in accordance with the law, that's a time that a litigated divorce, you know, you may not have any choice. And I don't want to talk people out of that. What I do want people to think of is, have you tried everything possible to avoid that situation that's reasonable? And, um, you know, I can just say from a personal place, I'm a, I'm a more intelligent person when I can view the 20-year marriage that I had as a marriage that didn't last forever rather than some source of, you know, some sort of failed concept. Uh, you know, people grow up and change and you know, sometimes you grow slightly differently. All so right, to we, me, that's, that, that expresses kind of a healthier outlook. All right. We've been talking with uh, Charles Spiegel today. Thank you for joining us today, Charlie. Sure. Can I just add, let me yeah. just add two more things on same gender couples, if I may. Okay, please. Uh, um, so the uh, two other ways that it's different is that uh, federal tax law may be different if the couple has a domestic partnership rather than a marriage. So uh, marriage, uh, marriages in general are treated the same as straight couples, but domestic partnerships, which in the state of California, if it's registered with the state, is a marriage equivalent and is a same divorce process, but it can have very different federal tax uh, planning aspects. And those are things that if you're in a collaborative divorce, you can uh, work together to intelligently both save money. And if you just put it to the IRS, you're probably not going to end up in the scenario where you both are advantaged, which you can get to in a collaborative divorce. And then the other thing, which is kind of where I start, is to make sure that if you have children, that you are both legal parents and uh, same gender couples. That is one way we're different. We often have children in our lives in different ways. And we need to make sure that the that the people who are parents are legally the parents. And uh, if they're not, typically in California as part of the divorce, collaborative divorce process, you can establish your legal parentage even at the time when you're divorcing. Okay. Charlie, if somebody wants to get more information about you, uh, what's your website? Sure. It's my name, Charles Spiegel Law. So C-H-A-R-L-E-S-S-P-I-E-G-E-L-L-A-W.com. If you spell it right, it's got uh, a double S and a double L in it. (laughs) All right. Thanks again. Remember, October 29th or October 30th through November 5th is Divorce with Respect Week in California. You can get more information about signing up for a free consultation with a divorce counselor or divorce coach, a divorce financial professional or attorney at www.divorcewithrespectweek.com. There will be a link and a link to Charlie's website as well uh, in the show notes. Uh, Again, thanks for joining us. 
Thank you, Tim. Thanks for joining us for the Respectful Divorce Podcast. Remember that October 30th through November 5th is Divorce with Respect Week in California. You can schedule an appointment with a divorce professional by going to www.divorcewithrespectweek.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes.